Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. God is just an awesome God all by himself. Let's continue to pray one for the other that the Lord bless us in these last Neva days that we will be found doing the will of God, amen, when he returns. Well, let me give you my scriptures that we're going to try to cover today. Get your pencil and get your paper, write these down so you can uh, look back over them uh, during your uh, daily devotion. Uh, Got, I think, three or four. Uh, I hope we can get to all of them. I'm going to be trying. But if I don't, you you got uh, you got these down, and you can go over them later. Okay, let's go. My first scripture we want to go to is the book of Job. Job, Job, uh, the 14th chapter in verse number one. And uh, you get that Job 14 in verse one. Give them to you, kind of slow. Uh, the next, we're still in the book of Job. Job 14 and 1 is my first one. Then I'm going to skip down to uh, verse number 10. And 10 through 14. So we'll skip down in Job, uh, verse 10 and 14. That same chapter, 14. We're just going to skip down to the 10th verse. Then we're going to read through the 14th verse. After that, we're going to go to the book of uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 64 and verse 4. That's Isaiah 64 and verse number 4, okay? Then we'll go from there to 1 Corinthians. That's the New Testament scripture. 1 Corinthians uh, 2 and verse number 9. That's 1 Corinthians 2. And verse number nine. And my last scripture will be back in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah again, Isaiah 65, 13 through 14. This Isaiah 65, 13 through 14. Okay, there we are. So I hope you got that. Now we're going to look away. We're going to get ready and go into our word on today. Surely God is good. And we we thank him. I, I hope these words find all of you well. Hope everything is going well with you, well with your family on today. Amen in Jesus' name. Well, in the uh book of Job, in the book of Job, um, looking at verse number uh one. Now I, I remember when I was looking over these particular scriptures just the other day, I remember a long time ago I was talking to a man, he he was uh uh, asking me about the book of Job. And so a little chuckle I got out of him, but uh, he was an older gentleman. And he was reading some of these Bible Bible names and what have you might throw you for a little loop. Uh, but he said, he was looking at Job, and he said, this wasn't Job, this was Job. And he looked at it, he said, J-O-B, that's not Job. That's Job. Uh, I began to explain to him. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's spelled J O B, but it's it's pronounced. This is a man's name, uh, Old Testament biblical character, and his name was called Job. 
uh, not like the J-O-B that we have to go to uh, on Monday morning. And so I got a little chuckle out of that, uh, him getting Job's name mixed up with Job. But anyway, however, uh, it was just a blessing that he was even reading the Scripture and looking at it and, and noticed that I, I never thought one way uh, or another about it because I was always taught this was Job. And I just looked at it, Job, and I never tried to compare Job with Job. I, I, that, that similarity never fazed me. But that came to my mind just on last night as I was studying uh, the conversation that I had with that gentleman some years ago uh, about uh, Job here. All right. Let's get into the Word today, brothers and sisters. Let's, let's, let's go to church. I hope you all ready to go to church. Amen. Uh, Job 14.1, it starts out by saying, a man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. When I think about that, you know, uh, and today's today's message, I, I, I want to use my uh, my topic as a as a as a topic. I, I wrote as a topic uh, uh, concerning what we're going to be going over here, uh, and my topic was he didn't bring us this far to leave us. That's that's my topic as I was studying Job and all the other scriptures that we're going to relate to. So my topic was he didn't bring us this far to leave us. And I think about what's going on in our world today. All of the chaos, all of the confusion. And then think about your life in general, down through the years, uh, how God has been so good to each and every one of us, you, myself. And I think about myself on today. Uh, the Lord blessed me. Just a little transparency. I don't mind. The Lord blessed me. I'm 64 years old or 64 years young. And I think about that. The Lord has really been good to me down through the years. I've seen some good. I've seen some bad. I did some good. I did some bad. Oh, but I thank God I'm forgiven on today. But God kept me. And God keeping you. He kept you. But uh, Job here is reminding us today, living in this world is, is full of trouble. And so for the believers, a life that is full of trouble may be the result of persecution, injustice, poverty, ill health, uh, Satan, opposition to fight, uh, the fight against our faith. And, of course, there's going to be suffering. God wants all, all of the believers, all of us who are suffering and are opposed on this earth to know that a day of uh, resurrection, to know that a day of resurrection and victory is coming when they will be with God forever. Amen, amen. And so we know that at that time, uh, people will experience firsthand the suffering of this present time is really not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us at that day when the Lord comes to take us away. So Job here in this 14th chapter, Job spoke of the resurrection. Uh, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, not in the resurrection of Christ, but he spoke of the resurrection of the Bible believers. Job believed that one day he knew uh, that day was going to come, that we all was going to have to leave this old world and uh, uh, make that transition to go to the other side. 
But he be, he began by saying uh, in verse one, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. So he he laying that out very clear to us, letting us know that everyone that come this way, brother and sister, we need to be prepared. Expect. The unexpected. I, I live that way. I never forget. My old pastor years ago told me, he said, expect the unexpected. We walk around and we don't expect no trouble. We don't expect, we expect everything to go smooth. You know, I want things to go smooth. I love when things go smooth. But uh, in fact, reality, it's not going to go smooth all the time. We have to be prepared uh, and expect sometime there are going to be some bumps in the road. Expect sometime that we are going to uh, be uncomfortable down here in this world. We're going to experience some things that cause us to be uncomfortable. People are going to make us uncomfortable. People are going to cause you and I pain. Oh, Lord, I think about the people that really been painful in my life down through the years. I've had some good days. I had some bad. I had some good friends, and I've had some so-called friends who really have caused me pain. Uh, but when I look around and I think about the pain that they caused me, uh, it really, when you look at the bright side of it, they really helped me. Helped me to understand uh, how to endure suffering. Helped me to understand. And actually, it all made me a better person. And this is what our trials and our tribulation. They come in our life, brothers and sisters. They come to make you better, not just come to make life miserable for you, but sometimes we can't see uh, the good uh, But for looking at the bad. Uh, these things come to make us uh, a better individual, okay? And so Job said, man that is born of a woman, in a few days, we, we're not going to be here forever. That's that's the bottom line. One day we all got to go. One day that bell going to tone, the hearse going to be running, and we're going to be in it. Uh, he's one is a few days and full of trouble. Okay, so I expect the unexpected sometimes. Verse 2 said, he comes forth like a flower. Oh, we come in just like a flower just came up in the spring. Oh, yes, just, just as beautiful and bright. Bright-eyed, bushy tail, but then he said, and, and it's cut down, and it flees also as a shadow, and, and continues not. So Job knew trouble was coming. I know trouble was coming. You know, I know our world is going to experience some difficulty. We're going to have some good days. We're going to have some bad. We're going to have some good leaders. We're going to have some bad leaders. Don't y'all think we're going to have good leaders all the time? They come and they go. Martin Luther was a good thing. He came through here and he done what he had to do and he performed and he took his bow and he went on off stage. So it is with all the rest of our people. We come and do what we had God have us to do, what God put in our heart to do. We're going to perform and then we're going to take our bow and we're going to get on off the stage. Shakespeare said we are all actors. We're all actors on the stage. We get out there, we perform, we do our part, we play our part, and after it all over, we take our bow, and then they pull the curtain, and it's all over. Brothers and sisters, 
uh, one day we're going to have to go, amen, the way of the earth. But Job said, a man that's born of a woman is a few days, a few days. We're not going to live forever. I know people think they're going to stay here forever and forever. They ain't going to ever leave. They ain't going to ever die. But, brothers and sisters, it's time now. Uh, for some of us, that we need to start thinking about our home going. I think about it almost every other day. A week don't go by when I think about making that transition. I, I, I think about one day I'm going to come to that river and I'm going to have to cross it. And as the song says, who's going to help me cross this river? And I know the Lord going to be there, and he's going to take all of us across, amen, to the other side. But that day is coming. Job understood that. That's why he said, a few days and full of trouble. But I'll try to make the best of my trouble. Now let's skip down to verse number 10. Verse number 10 said, uh, but man dieth, and he wasted away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? Job understood that, that, that man, he died. He, we're going to die one day, and he wasted away, and he understood that man was going to give up the ghost. Our spirit going to go from us, and where is he? He understood that sometimes we need to understand how frail we are, how weak we are, how fragile we are, so we can lean and depend more on the Lord God Almighty. So Job said, man, man dies. He man going to continue to die. Seems like now uh, folks are dying left and right. Every time you turn around, somebody going on home. So Job said, man dies, and he wasted away. Yea, he give up the ghost, and where is he? Verse 11 says, As the water fall from the sea, and the flood decayeth and dry up. Verse 12 says, So man lieth down, and he rises not, till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. You know, when I read this verse, this sort of give give me some consolation. Uh, one thing about the dead, when we when we gone, we gone, brothers and sisters. You don't have to worry about the ghosts. You don't have to worry about the haints coming back. And all, once we gone, we gone. We they not they not coming back. You don't have to worry about somebody in the kitchen rattling the dishes and all that kind of stuff. Don't let the devil mess with your mind. It ain't nothing but maybe the earth, the house is just shifting a little bit. But anyway, that person is gone and they will not come back. So verse 12 said, so man lies down and he rises not till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake nor be raised out of their sleep. Amen. They're going to sleep until the Lord, amen, call their name. But look at verse number 13. I feel a lot like Job here. Job said in verse number 13, he said, all oh, that thou wilt hide me in the grave. Hide me in the grave. Job knew that, that his day was coming one day. He said, Lord, I just wish that you would just hide me in the grave, that thou would keep me secret, keep me secret until thy wrath be past, that thou would appoint me a set time and remember me. So what Job is saying, he know trouble is coming. He know tribulation is coming. He know one day, one day that the, the wrath of God is going to come up on this earth and they're going to punish the wicked for living such ungodly lives. And so Job said to the Lord, he said, I just wish you would just hide me. I feel like Job. I want God when that time come, when I'm gone, Lord, just hide me out in the grave. 
And when your wrath has passed over, Job said, remember me, appoint me a certain time, and remember me, just call my name like you did Lazarus. Oh, and I'll get up and run, and I'll come forth, amen, to meet my Lord and my Savior. This is what Job said, until thy wrath is passed, and that thou will appoint me a set time. You know, God will remember all the saints. He said, blessed are the dead that died in the Lord. God's not going to forget us. He said, set a set time and remember me. Don't forget, Lord, that I'm out there. Don't forget your people that have fallen asleep. No, God won't forget us. He said, now don't forget me. Just remember me and call my name. You call my name. Amen, amen, praise God, somebody, and I will get up, and I will come to meet my Lord and my Savior. In verse 14, see, Job had hope that there was going to be a resurrection someday. You know, there was going to be a, a getting up morning, so Job understood that, and he said, just set that time and remember me. In verse number 14, he said, if a man die." Shall he live again? That's a question. That's a great question. That's a that's a good question. That is a valid question. If a man dies, shall he live again? Yes, brother and sister, the answer to that yes, yes, yes. We will live again. On one side or another. If a man dies, shall he live again? Joel said, All the days of my appointed time will I wait? Till my change come. One thing about it, brothers and sisters, Job understood some things, and I understood some things, and so do you. So Job said, man shall die. He will live again, yes. He said, now all the days of my appointed time. See, you got to understand that. That your time and my time upon earth is appointed. We have an appointed time. In other words, we gonna uh, we have boundaries. There's a there's a bound a uh, boundaries that that God has laid uh, uh, set that you and I are going to operate within those boundaries, and we won't go past that time. Okay, God knows when that time is. It's set for each and every one of us. So he said, uh, uh, man shall live again. He said, all the days of my appointed time, the time that I, you have appointed me up on earth, my allotted time. I don't know how long it is. I don't have, I don't know how long God has for me. You don't know how long God has for you. Nobody knows. So what we do, we try to get ready, prepare ourselves. Amen. The, the one day we're going to, uh, our time is going to come. And so Job said, uh, all the days of my appointed Appointed time, will I wait? It's very important. It's very important that we wait till our change come. Uh, Joseph, I'm going to wait on the Lord. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I learned, I've learned down through the years to wait on God. I'm waiting on him now. The Jews said they were waiting on the consolation of Israel. I'm waiting right now on the Lord to come one day to carry me home to that place that he has prepared for us in the sky. So we are waiting, waiting, anticipating, looking forward to the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All the days of my appointed time, yes, Appointed time. And let me tell you, your time is appointed. And you will not leave here until your time has come. You will not go past your time. You will not go earlier than your time. When you go, brother and sister, it's your time. 
understand that. I understand that. It's my time. Amen. It's your time. Now, he goes on to say, I'm going to wait till my change comes. And Job understood that. So therefore, Job was looking forward to the resurrection. I, too, like Job, am looking forward to the resurrection. But I said all of that to say this today. When I think about, uh, I think about where I am right now and where the Lord has brought me to and where the Lord has brought you to, when we look back over our lives, I, I, I don't have no regrets. I have, don't have no regret. I, I, I don't believe, I don't believe that, that God brought us this far to leave me. I don't believe that. He brought me this far, brothers and sisters. He brought you this far, and I'm of this persuasion. He brought me this far, and I know he can carry me the rest of the way. I'm 64 years old. He brought me this far these many years, and I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me now. I believe he can take me the rest of the way, and so do you, amen. You, I want you to believe the same thing. I know we're growing older, but don't you believe this? I want you to believe this, that God brought you down through the years up to where you are today. He brought you this far, and I want you to believe that he can carry you the rest of the way. And he didn't bring us this far to leave us and let us down right now. No, I don't care. It makes no difference to me what's going on in our world. It makes no difference that whatever comes forth upon this planet Earth, whatever we have to see or endure or deal with, it makes no difference. I, I I believe if he brought me this far, he can carry me the rest of the way. So I, too, like Joe, I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait until my change comes. I just don't believe he brought us this far, and neither do you. Let's continue, brothers and sisters, to wait on the Lord. It's a blessing. It's a blessing in waiting on the Lord. Let me show you here in the book of Isaiah. Turn over to the next book that I want to go to, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah uh, 64 and verse number 4. Turn there, if you will, please. Isaiah 64 and verse number 4. Check out what Isaiah, the eagle-eyed prophet, had to say. He said, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor uh, neither have the eyes seen, O oh God, beside thee, what he has prepared for him that wait for him. Brothers and we have a great blessing awaiting on us. Joe, I just said, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, and, and, and we and never enter into the hearts of men. The thing that God has prepared for him, her, that individual that wait on him. Brothers and sisters, I want you to learn to wait on God. Whatever you trust in God for, whatever you're looking to God for, you just wait on him. Don't you ever give up. Don't you ever get tired. Don't you ever give in. You just keep waiting on Lord, on the Lord. I remember some time ago, an old lady I was talking with, a man, uh, one of the, there was a member of my church, and she used to tell me all the time, she called me a Tommy, and she said, Brother Tommy, I always ask her, I said, Mother, how you doing? And Mother always said, Brother Tommy, I'm doing just fine. And she would tell me she was up around about 85 or 90, somewhere up in there, and she used to always tell me, she said, I might give out. But I won't give up. I said, that's right, mother. You just hold on. You hang on in there. And that was her word. Every time I saw her, she'd tell me from time to time. She said, I might give out. 
Sometimes this old body might give out, but brother, sister, I want you to know that we can't ever give up. Never, never, ever give up on God. Never, never, ever give up on looking and waiting for the coming of the Lord. Never, ever give up on waiting for the promises of God, what God said he will do, he will do. And I'm not going to ever stop looking for those promises to come true in my life. Amen, somebody. So the Lord said here from the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen, amen, but God has seen what he has prepared for them. Oh, I can't wait, brothers and sisters. I can't wait. The thing that God has prepared for him, has prepared for her, for the one that waited on him, that wait for him. I'm waiting today on God. There are some good things in store. There's some good things in store. I just want to encourage you, you today, your spirit, your heart, your mind. I want to encourage you to keep on waiting on the Lord. If we was in church right now, you know what I would do? I would tell you, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and tell, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I don't know about you, but I want mine. I don't know about you today, brother and sister, but God has some great things in store. God has some good things in store. And I don't know about you, but I want mine. Oh, touch your neighbor. Uh, neighbor, you may not want yours, but I want everything God has for me. And so he said, for God has prepared, amen, some wonderful things for those that wait for him. Keep on waiting, brothers and sisters. You that waiting on a blessing, you that waiting on deliverance, whatever it might be, waiting on job promotion, waiting on your husband, waiting on your wife, whatever you might be waiting on or looking to God to bless you with, keep on waiting. Don't ever, don't ever stop waiting on the Lord because God is good. I mean, he is good. God, God is real good, brothers and sisters. Amen. I continue to wait on him. Now, I want to show you another scripture where I want to use to show you the similarity between the two. Now, hold this particular one right here, Isaiah 64 and 4. Hold this one because I'm going to come back to it. I want to show you the similarity between something else. Now, turn over to the New Testament in the uh, second chapter of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and verse number 9. I'm going to show you the similarity because, see, the Old Testament is the New Testament uh, concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. See, one support the other. In the Old Testament, it talked about Jesus, the Messiah, going to come. In the New Testament, it said the Messiah is here. That's the way the Old Testament and the New Testament work. So the Old Testament said God had some great thing prepared for them, uh, for those that wait on him, that wait for him. Take a look at what the New Testament said. The New Testament said in Second First Corinthians, the second chapter, and verse number nine, it said, "But it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard." Neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Did you see what the Lord said right there in the New Testament through the prophet Paul? He said, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, it haven't ever entered into man's heart the thing that God has prepared for them that love him. And the similarity that is, I want to show you is, the Old 
comes me back in Isaiah, he said, God, uh, God has prepared the thing for them that wait for him. Y'all see it? Isaiah 6 and 4 and 4, God has prepared these things for the individual that wait for him. And in, and in Psalm and in, in Corinthians here, God has prepared those things for them that love him. So what are you trying to say, preacher? What I'm trying to say, the similarity is, Isaiah said God had some things prepared for them, for those that wait for him. And, and 1 Corinthians said God had some things for them that love him. And my similarity is, and what I'm trying to make here is, that in Isaiah 6 and 4 and 4, the thing that God had for them that wait for him, you would never wait on somebody that you don't love. Can you say amen? And you will never love somebody and will not wait on them. That's my point, what I'm trying to make to you today. So God said he got something for them that wait on him. And if you wait on him, I know you love him. And Corinthians said they didn't love him. And if you love him, you will wait on him. Those are the similarities that I'm trying to hook up this morning. Brothers and sisters, continue to wait on God. You know if you love somebody, you'll wait on him. Have you ever uh, experienced and been with someone and they said, wait on me, wait on me. And then they said, oh, I ain't got time. I ain't got time. I don't have time to wait. I don't have time to wait on them. But, you know, those people that don't want to wait on somebody, I say, you don't love that person. Because if you love that individual, if you love that individual, you will love them. You, you will love them. You love them, you'll wait on them. And if you wait on them, it's saying that you love them. So that's all I'm trying to say right there between these two similarities. You love somebody, brother, so wait on them. It's a pleasure to wait on God's people because you love them. It's a pleasure sometimes to wait on your family member because you love them. And if you love them, you'll wait on them. Don't be so impatient. People are so impatient now. They're so in such a big hurry now. They're so in such a big rush now. They, they, they don't have time. But you have to take time for the people that you love. Amen. And that's what Isaiah is trying to say to us today. God got something in store for them that wait on him. And, and those that wait on him, he got something for you. And, and, and then Corinthians said God got something for those that love him. So all I'm trying to say to you today, you love somebody, wait on them. If you if, if you wait on somebody, that person needs to understand that you love them. I never waited on a soul that I didn't love. I never loved a soul that I wouldn't wait on. And this is what the Lord is trying to say to us on this morning. And I, I, want, you, I want you to understand that I just don't believe that God brought me this far to lead me. And I believe with all my heart soul, mind, and strength that if God brought us this far, if he brought us this far, he will take us the rest of the way. I want you to believe that. I want you to understand that, that God will do that. He will take us the rest of the way. So I'm not worried about anything. I'm not stressing today because I know God's going to take care of us, brothers and sisters. He brought us this far, and he's going to take us the rest of the way. Now, let me go to another scripture here. I want you to look at this. I'm almost done. I don't want to hold you very long on this morning. But take a look at this. We're in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 64, and we just got finished up with verse number 4, where God said, if you love him, you wait on him. But look at Isaiah 65. 
I want to show you something. I want to show you the reason why I believe he brought me this far. I know he can take me the rest of the way. I know, I, I won't say something to you, brothers and sisters, and, and this is so true to all of us. As I said, the Lord has blessed me to be here 64 years, 64 years, y'all. You know, and, and I was sharing with uh, one of the brothers at the church, Brother Jay Fitzgerald. Uh, uh, God, look, when we think about the goodness of the Lord, you know, we have, you and I, check this out, you and I, we have more days behind us than we do in front of us. Just think about this. Think about where you are in life. Think about where you are in life right now, and you probably can't agree. Now, I know some of the young people just beginning. They're just getting started. They're just getting warmed up good. You know, they, they haven't been, they're just like a flower just blooming and blossoming. But for the most part, most of us, we can say this, that I, I know good and well that I have more days behind me than I do in front of me. But, but but that don't bother me. That don't bother me at all because I know he brought me to this point, and I believe he can carry me the rest of the way. However long that is, I know he can get me there. And so I want you to understand that too. Know where you are at in your life and understand that you got more days behind you probably than you do in front of you. But don't worry about that. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. He can take you the rest of the way. And Job understood that. That's why Job looked forward to the resurrection. He said, Lord, hide me in the grave. Remember my name. Just call me when your wrath has passed over. Remember me. Amen. And I will come forth. Job was looking forward to that great getting up morning. So look at Isaiah 65. And I, go, I want to begin reading at verse number uh, 11. Then I'm going to read down to verse 14. Here, here is God talking to his people through Isaiah the prophet. God, this is one of the reasons why I, I'm going to stay with the Lord. I mean, I, I have no intentions of getting out of God, no intentions of getting out of God's will for anything, for anybody, anyone, not even for my own self. I'm going to stay in the Lord. Amen. Don't let nobody lead you astray, brothers and sisters. Stay with God. You with the Lord, stay with the Lord. Don't go astray. I know we all have been tempted to do certain things. Even the Apostle Paul said, oh, I was tempted to do many things contrary, amen, to the name of Jesus Christ. But God wouldn't let him do it. Amen. The love of Christ constrains us. The love of Christ holds us. It, it, it won't let me do wrong. When I do wrong, it just tell me, no, you can't do that. Don't go there. God just been too good to us to go there. He loves us so much and been so kind. Amen. He constrains us. But here, looking at verse number 11, 65 and verse number 11, God said this. He said, but, but you are they that forsake the Lord. I was ever dealing with these people, Judah. Some of these people, they, they knew how good God was. And so he said, but you are they that forsake the Lord. See, we're not them. Uh, we're not of that persuasion. But some of these people were. Uh, that forgot my holy mountain, that prepare a table uh, for that troop, and for the flourish, uh, the flourish, the drink offering unto the number. You, you forgot all about that. Some of the people, they forgot God's holy mountain. They've forgotten God prepared a table in front of an army of people, a troop of people. God fed them in the wilderness, and some of them forgot that. 
I, I'll never forget what God has done for me. I, I thank God for everything that he ever done for me. I don't take it for granted. I never will uh, I'll be, I don't want to be ungrateful. I don't want to be unthankful, but we're living in a day and time where people now, they're so ungrateful. You can do things for them, and they think it ain't no more than you ought to do. But you know what? Don't nobody have to do nothing for you. Don't nobody owe you nothing. I came up with this persuasion in life, and I, I hold that persuasion now, now, and I continue to think that way. Don't nobody owe you nothing, nobody owe you but love. Uh, and, and look, and I think about uh, my mother. Don't, don't nobody owe me nothing but my mother and my dad. They both gone now. And my mother and my dad, my father, they brought me into the world. I feel like they owe me something. What do you owe me? You owe to take care of me because you brought me here. You owe to feed me. You owe to clothe me. You owe to send me to school. You owe to educate me. You owe to train me, to raise me. And they did that. So I feel a don't to owe me nothing but my parents. When I look at people in the world, they don't owe me anything. I don't look at people and say they owe me this, they owe me that. They, you don't owe me anything. But my parents did, and they did what they did. They did it, and they took care of their responsibility. So I grew up with that persuasion in mind. Don't nobody owe me nothing but my parents, and they fulfilled their obligation. If we had more people in the world today that were of that persuasion, don't nobody owe you nothing. You won't be looking for favor from other folks. You won't be looking for folks to do nothing for you, to take care of you, to do all this kind of stuff. Look, look to God right now. I'm trusting God Almighty right now. And don't get me wrong. I appreciate everything that somebody have done for me. I appreciate that. And I said, you didn't have to do this. They didn't have to do that. You didn't have to say that. You didn't have to say what you said about me. But I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate everything, but they didn't have to do it. We need people to think like that, to be more grateful, to be more appreciative toward people because don't nobody owe you nothing but your parents. As we have people growing up in the world today thinking that everybody owed them something, thinking that the world owed them something. The world don't owe you anything. The government don't owe me nothing. They don't owe me anything. Just owe, uh, uh, when we was out in the world, I remember everybody knows Jane Brown, the singer. He's dead and gone now, Jane Brown. You know, Jane Brown had a song out, and his song was, he said, I, I know y'all remember the older ones anyway. He said, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Open up the door, I'll get it myself. And we, we need people to be of that persuasion. If you're able-bodied, if you are able-bodied now, don't go around in life wanting people to give you nothing. God give you health and strength. Go get it, brother. Go get it, my sister. Go out there and get your blessing. Go out there and name it and claim it. Just go walk in Jesus' name and get your inheritance. And get what's yours. You got, you got strength and health and strength. Go get it, my brother. Go get it, my sister. But now we that's getting older, I know we can't do like we used to do. So we, we, we thank God for everything that somebody do for us. I thank God you wipe the sweat off my forehead. I thank God for you if you just bring my plate to me. I, you don't have to do it, but I, I sure appreciate it. I thank you for it. And we just need people more of that persuasion in life. Learn to thank people for what they do for you because they don't have to do it. And so Job said right here, Job said, 
uh, uh, he knew the resurrection was coming. And Isaiah goes on to say, hey, these people here, they've they forgotten the Lord. They've forgotten the Holy Mountain. They forgot that God prepared a table uh, uh, that's for a troop. He, they forgot all about the drink that they drunk in, in that day and time. And verse 12 says, therefore, I will number you to the sword. God told Israel, because you've forgotten about all the things that I've done for you. I'm going to number you to the sword. You remember on last Sunday we talked about the sword of the Lord. He said, I'm going to number you to the sword. Some of you all, I'm going to just, I'm just going to put you on the do-away list. So God said, I'm going to number you to the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter. Because when I call you, you did not answer. And when I spake, you did not hear, but did evil before my eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. So God said, I'm going to number some of you to the sword. And so Isaiah is reproving the people of God. But I, I, what I'm saying is I don't believe God brought me this far to leave me. I appreciate where he brought me from, and I believe he can take me the rest of the way. But listen to what God said in the following verse, verse number 13 and 14. This is for you and I, brothers and sisters. God said these words in verse 13 and verse number 14. He said, therefore, thus said the Lord. Thank you, God. Behold, my servant shall eat. That's why I said, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me now. Where he brought me to state that I am right now, I believe God going to take me the rest of the way. He said, Behold, my servant, that's you and I. Thank you, Lord. We shall eat, but ye shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink. Thank you, Lord. But ye shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice. Thank you, Lord. But you shall be ashamed. Verse 14 said, Behold, my servant shall sing for joy of heart. Thank you, Lord. But you shall cry for sorrow, for sorrow of heart, and shall howl. For vaccination of spirit. That's the reason why I believe that God brought me this far. He can take me the rest of the way. I want to encourage you today, brother and sister. Stay with the Lord. Stay encouraged. Hold your head up. Amen. Be encouraged. Look to the hill which cometh our help. We know all of our help comes from the Lord that created heaven and earth. Amen. Don't be dismayed what you see happening that's going on in this world around us today. You look to God. Trust God. Like Job did all the days of my appointed time. I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to wait till my change come. And they that love the Lord will wait on him. And they that wait on him are they that love the Lord. Check this out. Keep this in your mind what God said wasn't true. He said, my servant, behold, they shall eat. God going to prepare a table for you. God going to make a way for you. God going to bring you out. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about food in the refrigerator. I'm not worried about it. God's going to take care of that. He's going to meet your need. He said he'll supply your every need according to his what? Riches and glory. Trust God, my friend. Trust God, brother and sister. Hold your head up and don't worry about it. And go to sleep and sleep sweet. Amen. Therefore, he said, my servant, my servant, behold, they shall eat. Oh, yes. They shall eat, but the wicked, the ungodly, God said it's right there before our face. They shall be hungry. Saints of God, God's people ain't got no business being hungry. You ain't got no business living beneath your privilege. I know you heard it like that before. 
You ain't got no business living beneath your privileges. My God, our God shall supply our needs. You're going to be just fine. He's been holding my servants and drink. I ain't worried about what I'm going to eat. I'm not worried about what I'm going to drink. I don't believe today that he brought me this far to leave me. He brought me to where I'm at right now. I believe he's going to carry me the rest of the way. My servant shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice. Oh, my heart is rejoicing right now today. I hope yours is rejoicing also. I hope you're rejoicing in the joy of the Lord. I hope you are happy in Jesus today. I hope you are satisfied with the Lord Jesus today. God said, but ye shall be ashamed. The people that don't know God, oh, my heart goes out for them today. I feel so sorry sometimes for the people of the world that don't know God. Amen. Trouble after trouble after trouble. Sorrow after sorrow after sorrow. I look upon them. They're crying and they're weeping. They're losing their family. They're losing their loved one. They're losing them too early. Amen. Gone too soon. Oh, my God. All because they live a bad life. They're living the wrong life. Brothers and sisters, this is a good life. And I love it. I don't know about you, but I love my life today. He said, but you shall be uh, uh, filled with drink. You shall, amen, eat, and my, they shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, but they shall be ashamed. Yes, they are ashamed. Look at them right now. They are, the world are ashamed. Verse 14 said, Behold, my servant shall sing with your heart. God's people is a happy people. One thing I know about God, folks, God's people are some of the most happiest people, the thankfulest people, the most blessed people up on planet Earth. And that's the way it should be. Saints, be happy. Saints, be thankful. Be grateful. It's just wonderful to look at what God brought us from. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he done for me, oh, my soul just cry out hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. So God's people, we are rejoicing today. I'm grateful today because God cleaned my life up one day. Amen. He cleaned my life up and he forgave me of my sins. And so he did the same thing with you. And I know you're grateful today. Oh, but God said you shall rejoice in your heart, but ye shall cry for sorrow of heart. The world, God has said, they're going to cry for sorrow of heart. They don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand. And God said they shall howl. Think about howling. I know what howling is all about. I lived in the country. I heard the dogs howling. God said the people of the world are going to be howling. And why are they howling? For vaccination of spirit. Vaccination of spirit. Their spirit is tore up. Their spirit is messed up. Their spirit is hurt. Their spirit is wounded. They're down. They don't have no hope in the world. Oh, but the day, brothers and sisters, you and I, we have hope. Our hope is in God. And I want you to keep this in mind that, look, the hope of this world is Jesus. They don't want it, but I'm telling you, Jesus is the only way out of here. Jesus is the hope of glory. And I thank God for my hope. He was the hope of Israel. Israel was looking for that great hope. And one day Jesus came. 
You and I today, we're looking for that great hope, and one day Jesus will appear, and when he appeared about us, we will be just like him, and we're going to see him as he is. Oh, what a wonderful hope to have today, brothers and sisters. I believe that God brought me this far. I believe he's going to take me the rest of the way. I'm not worried. I'm not shaking in my boots. I'm happy in Jesus, and I want you to be the same way too. May God bless you, brother and sister. Amen. I hope the word encouraged you on today. I don't believe he brought me this far. He brought me this far, and I believe he can carry me the rest of the way. Be encouraged, brother. Be encouraged, my sister. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.